0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special edition of the Guns and Radio podcast. We are getting to sit down with Slash. Slash, how are you doing? Um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, just uh, hanging out. I don't think we should fuck around too much today. So, Chris, what do you think? We're going to hit the intro and just get right into it? Let's get right into it. All right, here we go.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Guns in Radio podcast. And now, give it up for your hosts, Chris Caputo and Dustin Bones.
0: ...played by the orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, from the Naval Air Station at Terminal Island, we bring you a former member of the United States Navy. That's right. The first man to shout hooray when John Paul Jones said... I have not yet begun to fight Jack Benny! Oh.
2: Yes,
3: sir. Thank you, thank you.
4: Hooray for Benny!
3: Thank you, thank you, sir. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Who is that guy? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hello again. This is Jack Benny coming to you from Terminal Island. Terminal Island meaning a body of land entirely surrounded by fish.
2: <laughs> and Don?
3: And Don? Don, you're a little wrong on that introduction. I wasn't with uh, John Paul Jones. That was my grandfather, Popeye Benny. Popeye. Oh, like Popeye the sailor, huh? No, no, just plain Papa. He had a head like a halibut. (laughs) He was a gay old dog, though. Well, was your father in the Navy, too? My dad? No, no, Don. He was a very poor sailor. In fact, he had portholes cut in a bathtub in case he got seasick. (laughs) The old man really suffered, you know.
0: But so much for the nautical bennies. Let's get on with the show. No, no, this is very interesting. Tell me, Jack... You served during the First World War. How did you happen to join the Navy? My hat
3: blew into a recruiting station. (laughs) The next thing I knew, I was swabbing decks on the USS Idaho. Oh, hello, Mary.
5: Hello, Jack. Isn't it nice here at Terminal Island?
3: Yes, it is, Mary. There's a fine view of the harbor, very modern barracks. And over there to the west, there are several fish canneries. (laughs) No kidding.
5: Fish canneries? Yes. Oh, is that it? I thought it was the program.
3: (laughs) Well, it's not. It's mostly mackerel. (laughs) This program's okay.
5: That reminds me. (laughs) You sure were pretty stupid on the Take It or Leave It show the other night.
3: What do you mean, stupid? I answered nearly everything Phil Baker asked me. Mary's right, Jackson. Oh, did you hear that show, Phil? Yeah, and when you fluffed on that $64 question, you embarrassed me frightfully.
2: <laughs>
3: I, I embarrassed you? Why, certainly. You know, we're associated on the radio, and naturally, when you make a fool of yourself, it's, uh, it's, uh, what's this word here? Derogatory. It's derogatory to me.
2: <laughs> Phil, I'd give a
3: $1,000 if my tires were as thick as your head. <laughs> Anyway, that last question Phil Baker threw at me was plenty tough. What was it, Jack? Well,
5: uh, Phil Baker asked Jack to name at least 37 composers that tried to finish Schubert's Unfinished Symphony. Oh. Ha
3: ha ha! And Jackson couldn't even name one of them. So what? Could you name one? Yes, I could. Would you like to make a little bet on that? Say 50 bucks? You're darn right I would. Well, go find a sucker. Don't bother me. <laughs> I want, I went on that program, I lost the $64, so let's forget it. But Jack, weren't you rather upset losing all that money? Uh, not right at the moment, Don, but later that night before I went to bed, I noticed a rope around my neck. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: it was, uh, it was a close call. Now let's forget about me and have a band number for all these Navy boys. Well,
0: by the way, Jack, how come you didn't wear your sailor suit down here today? You told me you were going to. Oh, it slipped my mind, I guess.
5: Slipped your mind, nothing. <laughs> Tell him what happened.
0: Oh,
3: forget it.
5: No,
0: no. Tell us what happened, Murray.
5: Well, Jack hadn't worn his uniform for about ten years. Oh. So he opened the closet door, made a grab for his sailor suit, and the moths knocked him cold with a coat hanger. <laughs>
3: Somebody's been feeding those moths meat. They couldn't get that tough on wool. No, sir. Now, wait a minute, Jackson. That's unbelievable. Moths ain't that vicious. They're not, eh? One big fella zoomed right down on my nose, looked me straight in the eye, and said, I'm looking for Rommel. Which way did he go? <laughs> now that, that gives you an idea. All right, Phil, let's have your number.
6: Oh, stay, Mr. Benny.
3: Well, hello, Dennis. You're a little late, kid.
6: Well, I couldn't help it. I brought my girlfriend down here on my motorcycle, and she bounced off three times. <laughs> bounced off? It takes time to keep going back for her, you know. Well, for goodness sake, if your girl kept bouncing off the
3: motorcycle, why didn't you let her put her arm around you?
6: Not me. I don't want to get married.
3: You don't have to get married. Just let her hang on to you. Now, Phil... That's the way things start,
6: brother. Dennis. Now, Phil... Say, I'd like to have you meet my new flame, Mr. Benny. She's a little black and blue, but awfully cute.
3: Well, I'll meet her right after the program, kid. Play, Phil. Meet his girl. I can imagine any girl that would go out with Dennis. Leave. <laughs>
6: you like to meet my girl now, Mr. Benny? Not now, Dennis. That was a short version of Mr. Five
3: by 5 played by Phil Harrison as auction. Phil, you handle that swell. In fact, you're a better band leader than Tommy Dorsey, Paul Whiteman, and Andre Castellanets put together. Jackson, you're pumping oil.
2: <laughs>
3: I know what I'm doing. All right, Don. Dorsey, Whiteman, and Castellanets. Now go
0: ahead. Oh, Jack, not this year. Please! <laughs> This is a very good commercial. Let's go. Oh, very well. But I'll hate myself in the morning. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, at breakfast time tomorrow, I want you to go into your kitchen and open your cupboard door. See? There's Dorsey.
3: Dorsey. Good, that's Dorsey. Now, Whiteman. That's Whiteman. Don't give it away. This is terrific,
0: folks. And take out a package of Grape Nuts Flakes. Grape Nuts Flakes are a whole grain cereal and contain iron, niacin, and Whiteman B1. (laughs) Good old Paul. Now, the last one, Don. Castellanet. Jack, I will not do it. Don. Castellanet. Oh, all right. Grape nuts flakes are inexpensive and do not cost a lot money. <laughs> there. Jack, you can't gap
3: to me. Coogat? Now, you spoiled it. You spoiled one of the cleverest ideas I ever thought of.
5: No kidding, Jack. Did you think that up all by yourself?
3: Yes, ma'am.
5: You mean nobody helped you, even one teeny bit?
3: No, it was my own little idea.
5: Hold my coat, fellas. I'm gonna let them have it.
6: <laughs>
3: Mary, control yourself.
6: Well, how about it, Mr. Benny? My girl is out in the hall. Do you want to meet her or not? I told you
3: I'd meet her after the show.
6: Oh, Jack, be polite to the kid.
3: All right, all right, I'll meet her. What's your girl's name, Dennis? Dorothy L'Amour. Always bringing a...
6: What? Dorothy L'Amour... Yeah, she's a nice kid. She won't get in the way, Mr. Benny.
2: <laughs>
3: Dorothy L'Amour? Well, bring her in, Dennis. Bring her in.
6: Come on in, Dottie.
3: Well, I'll be darned. It's really her. <laughs> Say, Dorothy, this... Is a surprise.
5: Oh, didn't Dennis tell you I was here?
3: Yes, he said his girl, but I I never dreamed it was you. Gee whiz, Dorothy L'Amour.
6: Isn't she cute? She ought to be in pictures.
3: <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake, Dennis, she is in pictures.
6: So am I, but who knows it? <laughs>
3: what a kid. Dorothy, I can't imagine a, a delicate, lovely creature like you riding all the way down here on the back of a motorcycle.
5: Well, women have changed since you were a boy, Jack.
3: <laughs> I know, I, I know, but a motorcycle. Dennis told me you bounced off three times.
5: Four. One time he didn't know it, and I had to cut across the field to catch him.
3: <laughs> Gee, and you're, you're not even out of breath. But, Dorothy, here's, one, here's what I can't understand. How do you happen to be going around with Dennis Day, of all people?
5: Oh, why not? Dennis is very good-looking, and he has a tremendous amount of savoir-faire. Savoir-faire? What's that? Whatever it is, you could use it.
2: (laughs)
3: Is that so? By the way, Dorothy, you know Mary Livingston, don't you?
5: Sure. Hello, Mary. I like your new hairdo It's very becoming Thanks, Dottie I was noticing your hair, too It's lovely
3: I worked all morning on mine And nobody even mentioned (laughs) Well, that's life, Phil And Dorothy, Dorothy You know Phil Harris Our band leader Hiya, Dottie
5: Hello, Phil How's Alice?
3: Alice who? Alice Faye, your wife (laughs) How is she? Oh, she's fine, Dottie. Thanks.
2: Hmm. That is amazing,
3: isn't it? That is amazing. I can't understand it. Dorothy, Dorothy Lemour going with, with Dennis Day. Why, Dorothy, I've asked you a hundred times to go out with me, and nothing ever happened.
6: Well, why don't you put a nickel
5: on the phone sometime? You carry a pigeon, never finds my house.
3: That's news to me. I I I know it found Hedda Hopper's house because she's wearing the bird on her hat. (laughs) But
2: uh
3: (laughs) (laughs) Say, Dorothy Uh, Dor I didn't know they would laugh at that. I thought it was just for us, you know. Uh, Dorothy, you uh you just finished uh, Road to Morocco with Bing Crosby and Bob Hope, didn't you?
6: Yep. We've been on more roads than a Burma shave sign. <laughs> well, Dorothy, how, uh, how do you
3: like working with uh, Bing and Bob? Are they, uh, are they really such cut-ups?
5: Yes, but when it comes to S.A., mm, I'll take Dennis.
6: Hmm. Hey, S.A., what the heck is that? <laughs> sex appeal, be happy. (laughs) Now, how about your song, Dennis? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I will now sing Dearly Beloved, and I dedicate it to Miss Dorothy L'Amour, who can ride on my motorcycle anytime she wants to. Gee, I I can't get over it. Oh, Dottie, sit here by me, will you, honey? Well, I was going to sit over there with Mary. You sit by me like I asked you to. (laughs) All right, darling, all right. I can't get over it What happened?
3: Oh, well, sing, Dennis
6: Answer the phone, Dottie I'll answer it (laughs)
1: What's the matter with you?
6: Hello?
1: Hello, Mr. Benny, this is
3: Rochester (laughs)
2: Hello,
3: Rochester, what do you want? Horse, you know that horse
1: you bought last week for ten dollars?
2: Uh,
1: Leona, what about her? She's crazy. She don't even know she's a horse. What are you talking about? Well, I pulled the buggy out of the garage to hitch her up, and then I had to leave for a second. Yes. And when I came back, she was sitting in it. <laughs> Leona was, Leona was sitting in the buggy? Not only that, she's got her mane combed over one eye like Veronica Lee.
3: <laughs> now, Rochester, you get Leona hitched up. I want you to meet me at the Santa Fe bus station when I come in and be on time. You know, a horse and buggy doesn't travel as fast as my Maxwell. Oh, boss, come now.
2: <laughs>
3: well, it doesn't. Now get Leona out of that buggy. Yes, but how? It's very simple. Put some oats in her feed bag, put the bag on the ground, and when she jumps out, grab her by the tail. I did grab her by the tail. And what happened? It must be a spare, boss. It comes off. (laughs) You put that tail right back where you found it. Now Rochester, I'll be home later and see what I can do. Goodbye. Goodbye. <coughs> hmm. You think that for ten bucks I could get a horse with a permanent tail? Sing, Dennis. <laughs>
2: Tell
4: me that it For you You are meant For me Merely beloved How clearly I see Somewhere in heaven You are fashioned For me Angel to you, angel voices led me to you. Nothing could save me. Fate gave me a sign. I know that I'll be your sunshine. So I said. Dearly beloved be
2: mine
4: Angel voice has led me to you Nothing could save me They gave me a sign I know that I'll be your sunshine, so I say me. Oh dearly beloved, please.
3: was Dearly Beloved, sung by Dennis Day, and dedicated to his girl, Dorothy L'Amour. I can't understand it. And now, folks... Did you like it, sweetheart? Oh, yes, it was wonderful. Hmm.
2: <laughs> I
3: can't understand it. I... I just can.
5: Oh, Jack, just because you don't know any pretty girls, there's no reason Dennis shouldn't.
3: Wait a minute.
5: I don't know any pretty girls? No, you don't. What
3: about Jinx Beaver Bush? (laughs) What's wrong with her?
4: She's got
5: teeth like a beaver and hair like a bush.
3: Yes. Oh, her teeth don't stick out so far.
5: Go on. She's the only girl I know who can eat corn through a tennis racket.
2: (laughs)
3: That I'd have to see.
2: <laughs>
3: now let's um not Now let's get on with our show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction tonight, the Benny, if you like us, tell your friends. If not, the enemy is listening players <laughs> will present
0: a sequel to the sketch we did last week. Take it, Mr. Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, this week we again return to the little cottage of Mr. and Mrs. Oglethorpe J. Twink. Mrs. Twink is a welder on the night shift at the California Shipbuilding Corporation. And Mr. Twink takes care of their little home. It's no fun either, slaving over a hot stove every day. The time, 7 a.m. Saturday morning. The scene, the Twink Cottage. Curtain. Music. Music.
3: Oh, dear. I hope I get these dishes done before Clarabelle gets home from the shipyard. (laughs) I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. (laughs) Just like the ones I used to know. Where treetops are gleason and girly gleason. Well, here are the twins, Joe and Josephine. Hello, Joe. Hello, Dowdy. (laughs) Hello, Josephine.
6: Hello, Daddy. Well, it's a living, Dorothy.
3: <laughs> Quiet. Well, kiddies, your mom will be home from the plant pretty soon and take us all out. It's payday. Oh, are we going to get boiled, dire with No, we're going shopping. I'm a dreaming of a white Christmas. Just like... A... Help me with these dishes, Joe.
4: Okay. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Just like a ones I used to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh,
2: shut up.
3: Well, it's Clarabelle Hello, dear
5: Hello, Ogilfar Who are these characters?
3: Those are our kids Joe and Josephine Oh,
5: yes
3: Well, it's payday, dear Give me my allowance
5: You got your allowance Yesterday, when I was asleep You went through my overalls
3: So what? I got a screwdriver, three bolts And a bag of Bull Durham (laughs) I got to have money for some clothes, darling Look how nice Mrs. Leroy next door Uh keeps her husband (laughs) dressed.
5: Well, I've got a surprise for you, dear. We're all going shopping, and I'm going to buy you everything you need.
3: Oh, goody. Come on, children. Come on, Clarabelle. We're all going downtown.
4: We're We're all going going shopping. shopping. We're We're all going shopping. shopping. We're all going shopping. shopping.
3: Boy, a new outfit. What are you gonna buy me first, Clarabelle?
5: It's up to you. What do you want, dear?
3: Well, I would like to have a, another pair of shoes. Oh, there's a the nice pair, dear. Dr. Krovney's foot girdles. <laughs> and they're only 475. Give me the money.
5: Here you are. Uh, wait a minute, Oglethorpe. Yes, dear? Don't you think it'd be much nicer if you took this 475 and bought war stamps instead? Stamps
3: for my feet?
2: <laughs>
3: Gee, that wouldn't be...
5: Oh, oh, you mean war
3: stamps Well, I, I had my heart set on, on new shoes
5: I'm sorry, you'll just have to make the old ones do Hmm Now what else do you want, dear?
3: Well, I, I could use a new pipe My old one has so many holes in the stem That every time I puff it plays I'm a ding-dong daddy from Duma <laughs> Oh, here's a pipe for $2, dear. Give me the money.
5: Oh, uh, just a minute, Ogle. Hmm. Uh, you don't really need that pipe. Don't you think it'd be better to take the same $2 and invest it in some more war stamps?
3: Yes, darling, but I I wanted a new
5: pipe. Well, you'll just have to make the old one do.
3: Okay, I I guess you're right, dear. Come on. Wow, look at that pretty girl modeling lingerie. Isn't she gorgeous? Sorry, Daddy, you'll just have to make the old one do. (laughs) Joe, behave.
6: Mama, I want an ice
5: cream cone. I'll buy you a war stamp. You can lick that. Okay, make it vanilla.
3: (laughs) Now, let's see. What else do I... Where are you going, dear?
5: Oglethorpe, you wait here for me. I'm going to take the twins upstairs and let them look at the toys.
3: Okay, Clarabelle.
5: I'll be right back. Here, hold my purse and don't lose it.
3: All right, dear.
5: Come on, children. Goodbye, Daddy.
3: Goodbye, Dowardy, you old wolf. (laughs) Well, all I can do is wait for him, I guess. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas
6: Just like this
3: Gee, I've I've got Clarabelle's purse And it's, it's full of money
6: Just like the ones I used to know
3: Hey, wh- why don't I take this money and and buy something for myself while, while she's upstairs? Yes, sir, I'll do it. I'll buy everything I want right now. <laughs> Just a minute, Oglethorpe Twink. You're not buying anything for yourself. What? Who are you? I am your conscience.
2: <laughs>
3: My conscience? Gee, I haven't seen you since the Del Mar Racetrack closed. <laughs> anyway, why do you always come around when, when I want to do something? I'm always turning up just like Eddie Bracker. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, conscience. Clarabelle's making a lot of money, and I don't see why I shouldn't spend it. A lot of people make money now. But if they're not careful how they spend it, we'll have inflation. <laughs> gee, gee, I never thought of that. What should I do? See that pretty girl in that booth over there? Yes. That's Dorothy L'Amour. And she's selling war (laughs) bonds. Now you go over there and buy one. Okay. Okay. Don't push me. I'll buy a bond. Oh, Miss L'Amour. Miss L'Amour.
5: What can I do for you?
3: I've got $18.75 here. And I'd like to buy a war bond. Here you
5: are. Well, you know, with every war bond I sell today, I'm giving away a great big kiss.
3: <laughs> All right. Give me one. You stay out of this. <laughs> All right, Miss Lamour. I'm ready for that kiss. Let me have
2: it.
5: Okay. Hang on tight. Oh.
3: Boy, that was wonderful. Give me another one.
6: Another one? You're on the floor now. (laughs) Well, I want another one.
3: Give me one for my conscience. No, thanks. I'm all in, too.
5: What? Oglethorpe, Oglethorpe, what are you doing on the floor?
3: We bought a war bond, dear. Me and my
0: conscience. You know, friends, I'm sure there isn't any wife who willingly sends her husband off to work without a substantial breakfast. Still a recent checkup at a large western war plant revealed two out of five workers arrive at work without any breakfast at all. The result, decreased production. Now that's a brand of sabotage you can prevent by serving your men folks a real man-sized bowl full of delicious toasty brown grape nut flakes at breakfast.
3: This program was for the entertainment of personnel at the Naval Air Station, Terminal Island, California, and does not constitute an endorsement of this product by the Navy Department.
5: My mom wants a package of Grape Nut Sweet Meal, please. Sweet meal tastes well.
3: You bet, for that Grape Nut Sweet Meal's rich with the goodness of fresh roasted wheat.
5: And my mom says it's good for you.
3: That's right. Grape Nut Sweet Meal is a whole grain hot cereal. And it cooks in three minutes flat. Folks, you'll love tempting hot brown Grape Nut Sweet Meal. Buy
2: a package tomorrow. This is a national broadcasting company.
1: The Grape Nuts and Grape Nuts Flakes program, starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, Rochester, and yours
0: truly, Don Wilson. You know how we talk about a man being a swell provider, don't you? Meaning he's the guy that produces the goods and how. How? Well, tonight I'd like to talk about two swell providers for your breakfast table. They're Grape Nuts and Grape Nuts Flakes. Boy, do they produce the goods. First, with that grand go-right-to-your-heart flavor, the baldy-rich flavor of sun-ripened wheat and malted barley. Grape Nuts, crisp and crunchy. Grape Nuts Flakes, delicate toasty brown flakes. Oh, boy. Why, when you sit down to a breakfast with one of these two cheerful, tempting treats, right away you feel all's right with the world. And you'll continue feeling that way all morning long. You see, nutritionists tell us the adequate breakfast should include a cereal with whole grain food value. And there you are. Both Grape Nuts and Grape Nuts Flakes are crammed full of whole grain nourishment, including iron, niacin, and vitamin B1. Yes, for delicious goodness plus grand nourishment, get those swell providers Grape Nuts and Grape Nuts Flakes. (laughs) gentlemen as our show opens today we move the clock back a few hours and take you to Jack Benny's house where Jack is entertaining his friend Groucho Marx and Rochester is busy cleaning up the library.
1: My heart tells me this is just a my my this library show is dusty must be 50 shelves in here I wish Mr. Benny would get books for him. Mm, This room certainly looks empty. Just a pair of bookends holding up a social security card. <laughs> My heart tells me this is just a fling. Yet you say our love means everything. Do you mean what you want? <laughs> Hello, Mr. Benny's residence. Oh, hello, Sam. What's the good word? I can't get off today. And even if I could, I wouldn't participate. I made a New Year's resolution not to play dice anymore. I can't show you the resolution. I lost it in a crap game. (laughs) Anyway, Sam, I'm too busy. We have company. I don't know. Some grouch by the name of March (laughs) Uh, Oh, Rochester... I'll be with you in a second, boss I gotta say goodbye now, Sam See you Wednesday Oh, well, I'll see you Friday The game ought to be over by then (laughs) Uh, So
2: long
1: Rochester, we're out in the patio Coming!
3: Boy, that was a tough game, wasn't it, Costco? Yeah
6: I, I never thought you'd beat me
3: Groucho, Groucho, would you, would you like to start another game or do you want to rest first? I don't need any rest. So only this time you set up the checkerboard. <laughs> okay. Of course, I could get Rochester to set it up. No, no, that way we wouldn't get any exercise at all. That's right.
1: Did you call,
3: boss? Uh, Rochester, Mr. Marks and I just finished our game. We'd like a drink. I want a Coke. What would you like, Raucho? Right now, I'd like heading the mob, but my sponsor wants me to say blue ribbon beer.
2: <laughs>
3: oh, well. I'll have a man to man talk with my sponsor. I'll talk to him about the birds and the beers. And...
2: <laughs>
3: Raucho, please. You're sorry you didn't think of that line, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes two of us that are sorry. <laughs> Come on, Groucho, let's play. Which checkers do you want this time, the blacks or the red? Doesn't make any difference, Jack. I'm colorblind.
2: <laughs> colorblind?
3: Sure. The minute I came
6: in, I gave my coat to you and shook hands with Rochester.
2: <laughs>
3: that was me. I spent last week in Palm Springs. I couldn't get a room, so I had to sleep out in the sun. Now, that wouldn't be so tough if you combed your eyebrows down over your eyes instead of up over your scalp. I never thought of... It. I never thought of that. I didn't think of it either. I just read it here in the script.
2: <laughs> I read anything they put in for me. Well, I,
1: yes, sir. Here's your Coke, Mr. Benny, and Mr. Marks, here's your bottle of beer.
3: Thank you, Rochester. That'll
1: be 15 cents. <laughs>
3: Rochester, Mr. Marks happens to be my guest.
1: Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Marks. There's no charge for the beer.
3: Thanks, thanks. Say, how about a bottle opener?
1: That'll be 15 cents.
3: (laughs) Rochester. Jack, I thought the ticket I bought at the front (laughs) door covered everything. (laughs) It does, Groucho. Now, here, uh, here's your drink. Fine-looking beer. Glass of Grape Nuts with a head on it. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could say as much for you. (laughs) Stop clowning and let's get on with our game of checkers. Okay, it's your move. So it is. So it is. Let me see. I think I'll move this man. Hmm. No, I. I think I'll move this
2: one.
3: What have you got there? A butler or an outboard horse? What? Oh, oh. Now let me see. Oh, yes, I think I'll move this checker.
1: Don't! Huh? Don't throw bouquets at me. What?
3: It's a very subtle game. <laughs> now, let's see. Maybe if I move this one.
1: Wait! Huh? Wait till the sunshine! <laughs> la, 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 la. Hmm.
6: I wish
3: Frank Sinatra was on my side. <laughs> Let me see. Maybe if I move this one... Yes, I think I will. Now, wait a minute, Jack. Don't you want to wait till you hear from the head parade?
2: <laughs> now,
3: wait a minute. Oh, I know.
1: I'm going to move this one. My eyes tell me that is not the one. <laughs> huh? Unless you're playing just for fun. What? Do you?
3: I'm, I'm trying to concentrate This is the first time I've ever been to a checker recital
2: <laughs>
3: Now, let's see I'd have been better off If I'd pay for the beer
2: Say,
3: <laughs> hey, Jack We each have eight checkers left uh, How about doubling the bet? Well... Oh, I don't know All right, let's leave it a nickel <laughs> Yeah, if we make it anymore It takes all the fun out of the game, Oh, say, Groucho, look, before we play any more, I want to show you a trick. Watch me watch me balance these five red checkers on my fingernails. Look. Hey, that's a pretty good stunt.
1: Uh-oh, boss, here comes your crazy border, Mr. Billingsley.
3: Oh, yes. Hello, Mr. Billingsley.
1: Hello, Mr. Benny. He's getting a manicure,
3: I see.
6: <laughs>
3: no, no, I'm playing checkers with a friend of mine. This is Groucho Marx. What do you do, Mr. Billingsley?
6: Now, don't tell me your name. Let me guess. It's Groucho
3: Marx.
7: I'll get it. I'll get it. Give me time.
3: Mr. Billingsley, it's
6: Groucho Marx. Marx. M-A-R-X. M-A-R-X. Please to meet you. I'm, uh... MFT L-S. M-F-T. <laughs>
3: Mr. Billingsley, if you don't mind, we're trying to play a game of checkers. Oh, then I'll run along. Goodbye, Mr. Benny. Goodbye. Oh, I haven't seen her in years. <laughs> Come on, Groucho Let's continue with the game Say, Jack uh, What's that peculiar odor I smell around here? Oh, that's my camel I think I'll get one for my house I need an excuse, too (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get on with our game Gee, Groucho Isn't California wonderful? Here it is February And we're sitting outdoors In our shirt sleeves Playing checkers (laughs) You're right, Jack. It's a beautiful day, not a cloud in the sky. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and say, isn't it... <laughs> Groucho, isn't
3: it funny how all of us radio comedians kid about the California weather? Yes, and try to make people believe that the sun doesn't always shine here. You said <laughs> it. Go ahead, Groucho. It's your move. Now, let me see. Uh, I'll move this one. All right. Then I'll move here. Just a moment, Jack. That's off the board. Oh. Oh, Oh, then I'll move here. Go ahead, Groucho. Now, let's see. Uh, I'll move this one. Well, that makes me move this one. That is a pretty clever move, Jack. Now, uh, let's see. Uh... Well, I'm afraid you're going to lose this game, Groucho. Oh, I don't care, Jack. Just sitting here looking at you is sheer ecstasy.
2: (laughs) Keep your
3: mind on the game, Groucho. Who moved last? I did. Hey, wait a minute. Look what time it is. My goodness, I have to go over to the studio for my broadcast. Say, Groucho, do you want me to drive you home? No, thanks. I'll just wait here and catch my house as it floats by. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes, you, uh... You do live upstream, don't you? (laughs) Just above the
6: dam. Yes, yes. We come down and spawn during the month of May.
3: (laughs) See, I got to pick up Mary and
6: take her to the studio. So, say, Groucho, why don't you come along and see
3: my program? All right, but don't forget you're coming over to my program next week. Okay, Groucho, it's a deal. Okay, goodbye, Jack. Oh, you
1: better come in. Why? That California
7: dust is coming down in buckets. Oh, it is
2: a sad. Come on in, Groucho.
5: Oh, butterfly. Butterfly. Yes,
4: Miss Livingston? Uh,
5: Mr. Benny's picking me up in a few minutes, and I don't know what dress to wear. Well... You think it'd be all right if I wore my green dress with my brown coat? Oh, it's all right with me if it's all right with you. Well, the only trouble is, when I wear that green dress, everybody keeps looking at me. You should worry, as long as you got it on. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose so. Anyway, Mr. Benny always likes to see me nicely dressed at the broadcast. I wish he were here now. Well, don't worry. Your green dress looks awfully pretty. Well, I'm not worried about the dress now. I'm thinking about the shoes. I don't know whether he'd like me to wear high heels or low heels. I think Mr. Benny is a low heel type.
2: <laughs>
5: Butterfly, what do you mean? I mean he'd like you to look shorter than him.
4: Oh.
5: Now take my boyfriend, Jerome. He always wants me to wear high heels. Why? Does he want you to look taller? No. He likes to trip me. <laughs> trip you? Well, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Oh, that must be Mr. Benny now. I'd better hurry along, Butterfly. See you when I get home from the broadcast. All right. Goodbye, Miss Livingston. And I hope you'll be very funny on the program. Well, thanks, Butterfly. I'm glad you're interested. Oh, it's not that. But when you don't get lost, I can't show my face on Central Avenue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll try my best. Goodbye.
6: Bye. Mary, hurry up. We'll be
5: late for the program. I'm coming. I'm coming.
3: Hiya, gang. Here we are. Hello, Jack. Hiya, Mary. Hello, oh, Mr. Benny. Don, Don, are we ready to start the show? Well, Jack, the show's been on 10 minutes. Oh, oh, that's right. Is everybody here? Yes. Good, because I've got a big surprise. Now, ladies and gentlemen, tonight for our feature attraction, we're going to do one of our great mystery melodramas entitled Who Put the Thumbtack on Mrs. Gilroy's Davenport or... Now in this play...
2: <laughs>
3: in this play, I will once again be that master super sleuth, Captain O'Benny. And Phil... Oh,
5: for heaven's sake, Jack, every time we do one of these plays, you always want to be the captain.
3: Yeah, why don't you let somebody else be the captain? All right, Phil, you can be the captain. I'll be the sergeant. With the best time, I got a decent part. All right, all right, you're the captain. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as the scene opens at police headquarters, the captain is found dead.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Which immediately
3: promotes... Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) Is something wrong, Buzz. Well, I want to be the sergeant. You be the captain. Well, if you insist, Bill, you're the sergeant. Now, Dennis, you're going to be my expert on fingerprints.
6: What's a fingerprint? (laughs) Look,
3: kid, when you put your hand on a doorknob, pull the door open and go inside, what do you leave
6: on the doorknob? My glove. It's too big for me. (laughs) I don't mean that.
5: Oh, I'll explain it to him, Jack. Look, Dennis, did you ever see Mr. Benny eating in a restaurant? Yeah. Well, a fingerprint is what he leaves on the table for the waitress.
2: (laughs) Very
3: funny. Who told you that, Joe? A waitress. A waitress. I know. <laughs> Bill, you and Dennis will be my assistants, and Don, you're going to be
0: the murdered man. The murdered man? Yes. You don't mind, do you? Mm, oh, no, not at all. But tell me, Jack, do I get killed before breakfast or after? Oh, Don, what's the difference? What's the difference? Are you crazy? Don. Why, if I'm killed before breakfast, I won't have a chance to eat those toasty, brown, sweeters and nut, grape nuts flakes. I know, Don. Z, but... Let me die after breakfast. Then I can act. You can? Yes. My motto is, eat a good breakfast, do a better job. Oh, oh, I see. Well, all right,
3: Don. We'll fix it that way. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this mystery melodrama will go on immediately after Don has his breakfast. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our mystery melodrama entitled... Hey, Jack. What?
5: Did you hear Fred Allen's program last week?
3: Well, I was driving along in my car listening to the radio just as Allen was coming on the air.
5: Oh, then you heard him.
3: No. Fortunately, I had a wreck in the nick of time. (laughs) What happened on Allen's program?
5: Well, he was talking to Luella Parsons about the book she wrote.
3: Oh, the one about all the leading radio and screen personalities?
5: Yes, and Alan said if she tore out the pages about you, the book would sell for a higher price.
3: Oh. Well, Alan was just mad because his life story was so short. Born in Boston, died in vaudeville. (laughs) (laughs) Buried in radio. (laughs) There. Anyway, Mary, that book Luella Parsons wrote is really swell. It's called The Gay Illiterate. Hey, wait a minute, Jackson. Don't get personal. Bill, I wasn't talking about you. I just mentioned the title of the book, The Gay Illiterate.
6: Yeah, there's nothing wrong in being gay.
3: (laughs) Thank you, kid.
6: Anyway, getting back
3: to Alan, I could tell you more. But since this is Good Fellowship Week, I must admit that deep in my heart, I love Fred Allen. And now, folks... Say, Jackson, that reminds me. You know the magazine Billboard had a radio editor's poll and they voted Fred Allen's program the funniest on the air. Oh, they did, eh? Well, let me tell you... Jack,
5: Jack, this is good fellowship, We.
3: Oh, yes. Congratulations, Freddy. (laughs) And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our thrilling mystery melodrama entitled The Gilroy Murder Case, or... He must have been a sword swallower Because the stabbing was an inside job (laughs) That sounds like a Groucho Marx If I ever heard one The scene opens The scene opens behind closed doors The scene opens behind closed doors At police headquarters where we find that rough, tough, hard-bitten super sleuth, Captain O'Benny. Curtain. Music.
0: Lay that pistol, down, babe. Lay that pistol
3: down.
1: Captain
4: O'Benny! Woo! <laughs>
3: I wish you wouldn't scare me, O'Harris. I'm alone here, you know. Now, what is it? Well, Sergeant O'Day and me want to know if you have any more assignments for us. More? What happened on that Langley murder case I sent you two to investigate?
4: Oh, that we did, sir. (laughs) That's
3: right, Captain. We went over there, but we found the man dead. Good. What did you do? We buried him and went home. (laughs) Fine bunch of assistance I've got. Now, listen, men. I'll take it. Hello, Police Captain O'Benny speaking.
5: Oh, Captain, Captain, this is Mrs. Gilroy. Yes? Come over to my house at once. My husband was murdered.
3: Murdered? When?
5: Now. <laughs> now? Yes, he ate a good breakfast, but I did a better job. <laughs>
3: I see. Well, we'll, re- we'll be right over. Goodbye. All right, men, there's been a Murder. Close the doors and don't let anybody out But, Captain, it didn't happen here Oh, that's right (laughs) Come on, fellas, let's go The police car's outside And we'll find the murder of Mrs. Gilroy's husband Or my name ain't Clearwater Clapsaddle O'Benny
0: This is the house, man.
3: Hmm. There she is now. We're the police. Are you the widow?
5: Yes. Oh, poor Donald. He was such a good husband. Oh, Donald, why did you leave me?
3: I know how you feel, Mrs. Gilroy.
5: <laughs> and what an ordeal I'll have to go through. You see, Donald loved my voice, and I promised him I'd sing at his funeral tomorrow.
6: We're going to bury him today. <laughs> quiet and cut out the dialect. Oh.
5: I hope he hears me. Oh, my poor Donald.
3: You, you promised your husband you'd sing at his funeral?
5: Yes. Mersey a dose and dosey dose and it'll
2: last if you'd
5: to too, wouldn't you? Oh, poor, poor
2: Donald.
6: I'm sorry, ma'am. Hey, Chief. What? I happen to know that yesterday Mrs. Gilroy took out a million-dollar insurance policy on her husband. Uh-huh. Then she went out and got herself a pistol permit. Then she bought a sharp knife, an axe, and a pound of arsenic.
3: That must have been Phil Harris's line.
2: Hmm.
3: Well, then what killed him? Measles. Oh yes, X marks the spot.
5: Oh, my poor husband He's gone He left me with seven children Seven little children that I'll have to raise myself Oh, why did he have to die and leave me to care for those poor little innocent darlings? Oh, why? Why? Why?
3: Wait a minute, calm down You haven't any children
5: I know, but this is the week of the Academy Award and I thought I'd make a stab at it (laughs) Well,
3: forget about it Come in Say, I understand that a man was murdered here a couple of hours ago. That's right. What do you know about it? Nothing. I I just want to rent his room.
2: (laughs) Well,
5: I don't know. I'm sorry, but his room's not for rent, honey.
3: Okay. Goodbye, honey. Uh Aha, my first suspect.
5: What are you talking about? I never saw that man before in my life.
3: And why did you kiss him?
5: This is good fellowship week.
3: Oh, yes, I keep forgetting. Well, I'm going to search this room. Now, listen, Mrs. Gilroy. Hey,
6: Chief, Chief! What is it, O'Day? Would you think a man is guilty if you saw him running around with a smoking gun in one hand, a blood-stained knife in the other, and he just kept screaming? I did it! I did it, and I'm glad! I tell you, I'm glad I did it! Ha! I'm glad I did it! <laughs> Why, of course that man is guilty. Well, if I see anyone like that, I'll arrest him. <laughs>
3: That O.J. is a great detective. Now, listen, Mrs. Gilroy. I'm going to search this room to find the murder of your husband. I'll look in this closet first. Ah, here's a gun. Put it in your handkerchief, O'Harris. In my handkerchief? Yes, then you won't erase the fingerprints. Okay. Now, let's. O'Harris, what happened? I shouldn't have blown my nose with it.
2: <laughs> That's
3: all right. You look better that way. Now, come on, Harold Harris. Let's go out in the backyard and look for more clues. Yeah, it's too nice a day to be inside.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: hey, look. A Bob face down on the grass. Yeah, and he's wearing a checkered suit. A checkered suit? See, that gives me a great idea. Can you play checkers, O'Harris? Yeah, Chief. Then what are we waiting for? Sure, we can use the buttons for checkers. Okay. It's your move, O'Harris. Now, uh, let's see... Uh,
1: Okay, I'll move this one. Okay. I think I'll move this one.
3: All right, I'll jump you. So gone. it looks like you got me cornered this time. Well, let's see. I'll move this one here, and then
2: will move-
1: Wilson, you worked real hard in that, Mr. grammar, so I'm going to help you out now. You're going to help me out? Yes, sir. I'm going to do some announcing for you. Folks, you just don't know how good breakfast can be unless you've enjoyed that malty risk toasty brown flake cereal that's American favorite. Now, just a second, Rochester. You left out something. Oh, no, Mr. Wilson. Folks, if you've never tried this distinctive flake cereal with the sweet as nut flavor, you just don't now, know. Rochester, you left out something. Oh, no, Mr. Wilson. Folks, you never taste anything more delicious than that malty rich goodness and that wonderful whole grain nourishment is something you need every day. But Rochester, listen, and this is important. You've left out something. What, Mr. Wilson? What did I leave out?
0: You left out the name. What's the name of this malty rich toasty brown flake cereal with the wonderful whole grain
1: nourishment? Huh? Why, uh... Well, Rochester, I haven't heard you mention it yet. Mr. Wilson, when you say the malty-rich, whole-grain flake cereal, that's an American favorite. Why, everybody just knows it's... it's... Well, I gotta go now. I'll see you later, Mr. Wilson. Rochester, it's Grape Nuts Flakes. Well, what do you know? So long, folks.
0: Groucho,
3: Groucho, I'll see you on your program next week. Good night, everybody. Good night.
0: Aha and aho, if you crave something good, get hot grape nuts wheat meal. Ladies, you should. Aha and aho, if you want a real prize, then ask for the big new economy size. Yes, a bargain in quality and quantity, too, of the luscious hot cereal that's topped in flavor, full-bodied texture, real whole wheat nourishment. That's hot grape nuts wheat meal in the big 30-ounce economy size
2: package. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Lucky Strike means fine
0: tobacco, so round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. L-S-M-F-T, L-S-M-F-T, L-S-M-F-T. You said it. Why, sure. Yes, sir. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, so round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw.
3: Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Always those words will mean much to you for of course quality is always your first concern today as always lucky strike selects and buys the finer the lighter the naturally milder lucky strike
7: tobaccos
3: lucky strike means fine tobacco <laughs>
0: Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Larry Stevens, and yours truly, Don Wilson. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you a man whose name for years has been the epitome of show business. A man who went from Waukegan to Vaudeville.
5: From Vaudeville to radio.
0: From Broadway to pictures.
5: From pictures to Broadway.
0: And now, since he has no place else to go, (laughs) would you please let him come into your home for just a half hour? (laughs) Thank you. And here he is, Jack Benny.
3: Thank you, thank you Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking And kids, you're absolutely right I have been in show business a long time Why, when I was playing the Palace Theater in New York Nelson Eddy didn't even have the recipe for shortening bread
2: <laughs>
3: In fact, when I first started in show business Charlie McCarthy was taking his physical to get into Sequoia laughter was in front of an audience Hey, wait a minute, Jackson Don't overdo it If you want to know something I was in show business Before you was What? I was in front of an audience When I was two days old Two days old?
0: Bill, that's
2: ridiculous
0: Certainly
3: What could you do When you were two days old? I don't know But people kept paying admission To see me
5: <laughs> Oh, Bill Stop making up Such nonsense, Bill. I ain't
3: making nothing up I was a ninky baby baiter <laughs> what? Oh, I mean, I was an incubator baby. Yes, sir, that was me. Two and a half pounds of solid
0: personality.
2: <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Say,
0: Phil, I've often wondered about those incubators. Must have been nice and warm in a glass case with a little gas light burning underneath. Nah, first I was hot, then I was cold, then I was hot, then I was cold. Well,
3: I'm a sucker for asking this, but why were you hot and cold and hot and cold?
5: His father kept blowing out the flame, and his mother kept lighting it. <laughs>
3: Don't be ridiculous. That's exactly what happened. (laughs) Phil, you admit that your father kept blowing out the flame and your mother kept lighting it? Yes, and it was a lucky thing I could reach up to that little glass door. Why? Who do you think kept handing my mother the matches? (laughs) Now, wait a minute, Phil. You were two days old in an incubator. Where in the world did you get the matches? The day I was born. What? When the doctor grabbed me by the feet and held me up, I stole them out of his vest pocket. (laughs) Oh, and he must have seen me do it because he gave me an awful whack (laughs) Oh, for heaven's sake
5: Phil, you were just born, how can you remember what happened then?
3: I wrote it in my diary (laughs) Well, that's the payoff, Phil, you can't even write now How could you write when you were two days old?
5: Maybe he dictated it
3: Yeah, that's
5: exactly (laughs) what happened
3: did you ever hear such silly talk? Phil Phil was just born, and already he was dictating.
5: I'll bet eight to five he had the stenographer on his lap. <laughs> hey Phil? That's, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> then you
3: don't have to invent a, a fantastic story just to make it sound like oh. you've been in show business longer than I have. Maybe he was, Jack. Nah, that's impossible. I was in show business before anybody. Why, I was on the stage before... before Monty Woolley had a beard.
5: Before Monty Woolley had a beard? <laughs> yes.
3: Why, when I was a big hit at the palace, Woolley was still standing in front of a mirror, rubbing his chin and singing, come out, come out wherever you are.
5: <laughs>
3: I'll tell you, kids, I've been in show business longer than anybody.
5: Oh, yeah? How about see Aubrey Smith? You mean little Aubrey? <laughs> Why,
3: he was only a kid when I was starting out of it. Come in. Mr. Benny? Yes? I'm from Esquire magazine. We printed a story about you and have all the information in our files except one thing. Uh, What would you like to know? Your age, please. 36. (laughs) But, well, okay. (laughs) Now, uh, now, where were we? Well, you were informing us that you were a thespian in the legitimate drama prior to the inauguration of the cinema. Bill, did that come out of you? Yes, and boy, am I glad to get rid of (laughs) it Well, I don't blame you Now, let's forget show business and find out Hello, Mr. Benny Oh, hello, Larry Say, you got here just in time for your song What are you going to sing? Well, I got a letter from a friend of mine in the Navy Requesting me to sing I'm Making Believe A friend of yours in the Navy? Who is he? Dennis Day Oh, Dennis
5: A letter from Dennis?
3: Would you like to read it, Miss Livingston?
5: Why, Larry, I don't think I should read your mail.
0: Oh, that's all right. There's nothing about girls in it. (laughs) Go ahead, read it, Larry. Yeah, and we haven't heard from Dennis in weeks. What's he got to say?
5: Well, here it is. Dear Larry, I heard you sing on the last four broadcasts, and I think you have a swell voice.
3: Well, isn't that nice?
5: I also heard that you're making $22.50 a week, (laughs) which is a very good salary to start with. Yes, sir. (laughs) Mr. Benny will give you a raise almost every year, but it will help to have your mother come down and remind him, (laughs) especially if she's as big as my mother.
2: Hmm.
5: However, Larry, when you... (laughs)
2: What are you laughing at?
5: When you reach $35 a week There's no use reminding Mr. Benny anymore Because nobody's mother can help you then (laughs) (laughs) Dennis
3: always was a card, wasn't
5: he? Yeah (laughs) Best wishes always, Dennis Day P.S. By the way, Larry, I'd appreciate it very much If on next Sunday's broadcast You sing I'm Making Believe That's the part I told you about
3: Yes, yes, I know Go right ahead and sing it for him, kid I wonder why Dennis never requests me to play my violin. I can't...